Welcome to The Word This Week, where we believe that the Bible is more than just words on a page. They are the words we live by, and it's pretty cool too. We invite you to join us as we read through the Bible together this year. Welcome back to The Word This Week. I'm your host, Brian Vaughn, and this is episode 46. And we've been reading the Bible together and going through it chronologically, and we are blazing through the Gospels. Just the opportunity to read so much of Jesus' ministry has been amazing. Joining us today are two of my kids, actually, uh, Eli and Kalen. And I've enjoyed so much just hearing from them and their perspective on the Scriptures and Jesus' ministry and life. And I hope you enjoy it, too, as you listen in. Hey, welcome, guys. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks Thank for you. having me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Eli, you've joined us on a couple of occasions. I have, and, yes. Uh, it's, it's fun to have you on here. And uh, Kaylin, this is your first time. Very first time. So tell us, who is uh, Kaylin Vaughn? What are you doing Vaughn? in life? I am 17. I'm a high school senior, and I'm just doing school and enjoying my last few months of being a kid. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's crazy to think that you're getting ready to graduate from high school. Crazy. Um, People but, still think you're a kid. They'll still call you kid. I still think I'm a kid. So. Well, I yep. am a kid. So there's that. Yeah, it took me years. I mean, actually, probably we already had you guys before I ever really felt grown up. I don't know why that is. That's but. reassuring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Um, <clears throat> so uh, you guys have grown up in in our home and Jesus and church and Bible have always been a part of our lives uh, to some degrees. And uh, so I was wondering in that time, having grown up around all of this stuff, how has your relationship to scripture and to God's word, how has that changed over the years uh, to where you're at now in your life? Eli, you want to start? Yeah, um, I've realized recently that I kind of have been almost, the only word that comes to mind is like desensitized, but it doesn't quite portray what I want it to say. But like, it just didn't carry a whole lot of weight. It was just something that I did um, Mm. that was correct. And so I should do it. And, you know, that's not any reflection on you, but it's just um, just the way that it is. And it's something that I did because I felt like I was supposed to. Right, because we... We've read, mm-hmm. we've read the Bible together yeah, uh, and then have definitely had those moments where, hey, you guys, why don't you read your Bible? It's at, at times it was a part of your schooling even. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So I would say recently um, I've had to, not had to, I've gotten to just change the way that I approach mm-hmm. the Bible. Um, it kind of shifted my thinking from like, oh, this is something that I have to do to this is something that I get to do in a way that the Holy Spirit is speaking to me now and through um, an ancient text that's thousands of years old um, that carries a whole lot of truth and a whole lot of weight and um, can give me wisdom, especially like right now as I'm in a learning institution and we talk a lot about knowledge and stuff. And um, it's just interesting to see how um, the wisdom that God offers is so much different than yeah. the wisdom of the world. Mm. So, yeah. Kaylin, how about you? Very similar to Eli's in the sense that growing up, it always felt like something that had to be done. Mm. Just, you know, growing up in church and which made it not as fun 
because it's, it mm-hmm. wasn't something that I wanted to do. It was always like, oh, I have to do this. Like this is, yeah. I'm a Christian, I have to. But uh, recently I've realized that my faith has become my own. And mm-hmm. so that makes me more willing to read scripture. And I've I when I read it, I discover things that I wouldn't have previously. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So I'm going to give you guys an opportunity here. If you could say anything to parents that might be listening, uh, especially parents who have younger kids, what advice would you give them of how to help their kids approach Scripture and have a love for it that, that you guys have grown into? You want your kids to be exposed to the Bible, and you don't want to— water it down I would say like um, children's books will give you um, all of Jonah except chapter 4 in which Jonah is angry at God and God challenges Jonah mm-hmm. um, like don't don't water things down yeah. um, and present um, a, a sterilized ha- version yeah, yeah. because um, Jesus is convincing um, I would say but like you have to allow your kids to step into it, like, um, but you have to model it too. And mm-hmm. so, like, the only way to do that is you have to present the Bible to your kids. They might just see it as something that they have to do, and that's totally okay. But, like, eventually, if they, um, if I would say that, like, you can't just get present the Bible to your kids. You also have to be praying for them, which I'm sure mm-hmm. any parent that listening to, that's listening to this is doing for their right, kids. sure. Um, you have to give them to God and pray that like the Lord will open their eyes mm. to the things in his word. The Bible is literature that like you only um, can see things with time. Um, mm. And so, you know, the earlier you start that, the better, because like as you become like I think of all the times that I've read through the Bible, I've read through it for since I mean, honestly, since I was like 12 years old, I've read through the Bible like once a year. And, like, that's kind of established just this baseline knowledge Mm -hmm. that now, like, the Lord is opening my eyes to things. And, um, yeah, it's just interesting to think how that comes with time because we want instant knowledge. Like, um, we live in an age of computers where we just want to, like, download things into our brain. But that's not the way that walking with Jesus works. And that's not the way. And that's not even the purpose of Scripture, just to download knowledge into. No, it's, it's to transform your heart and to to pierce um between the bone and marrow like hebrews says um and between the soul and the spirit it's to challenge you it's to change the way that you live yeah kellen you have anything to add to that yeah i would just say when you're forcing your kids to do something if you're like hey read the bible right now like before you get out of bed read the bible and like that you know that's a good thing to read your bible first thing in the morning it's it helps your day get better but um when you're forcing your kids to do something, it becomes a chore. Mm. And I think among me and some of my friends, um, we always felt as if it were a chore. Mm. But we've had influences in our lives to help us see that reading the Bible doesn't have to be a chore. And your parents are just helping you. And so I would just say to parents who are listening, like, encourage your kids to read the Bible, but don't be overbearing about it. Mm. Like, don't be like, have you read your Bible this morning? <laughs> like, I don't know. Just don't be super overbearing about it. Yeah, like, don't be afraid of questions either. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we feel like uh, 
um, there are dumb questions about the Bible, but it's the, the questions that kids are willing to ask that, um, oftentimes we as adults don't have the courage to ask. Yeah. Um, like for instance, why did Jesus speak in parables? And you're like, Mm -hmm. well, I don't know. Uh, (laughs) So good question. Yeah. You might find yourself having to like find the answers for that, but like encourage your kids to ask questions Mm -hmm. and be curious. Mm -hmm. And, um, and if the, the only thing that you can say is, I don't know, well then let them see the humility and saying, I don't know. Mm. And like asking them what they think or like, well, what, what do you think about this? Mm -hmm. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so good. I as you were talking, it made me think of uh, of Jesus and his relationship to kids. There's only a couple of occasions in the mm-hmm. Gospels, and we've probably even read some of it this week, <clears throat> of where children are, are coming to him. And uh, he encourages us to even, like, accept the kingdom of God mm-hmm. as a child would and with the innocence of a child. And that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, you guys are joining us as we are... Uh, deep into the Gospels and into Jesus' earthly ministry. And uh, it's been some amazing reading. And so the question that we always ask is, what's jumped off the page to you this week? How we see Jesus' feelings being portrayed um, when Lazarus becomes sick and then eventually dies, and he's been dead for four days, and Jesus goes back to Mary and Martha and they're all confused why t- why Jesus didn't come back sooner. And it says, um, it says that anger welled up within him. And then it says that he wept. And then it's, there were other parts in, let's see, it was like John eleven thirty three, And that is uh, when Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him and he was deeply troubled. So I, I was thinking, and as a teenager reading the Bible, something that makes Jesus more relatable is when we see his humanly feelings mm. and instead of just his miraculous feelings. Um, yeah. we, I feel like we oftentimes focus on the fully God side of him and like his miracles and all that, which is super cool. Like, you know, we have, we, we get to know the, those things and it's part of who Jesus is, so we should know those things. Exactly. But it's it makes him more relatable to see the fully human side of him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're told to strive to be more like Jesus, but it's hard to strive to be more like Jesus when all we talk about is the fully God side of him hmm. and instead of the fully human side of him. And so I think that's what jumped off the page to me this week. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the story of, of Lazarus mm-hmm. and Mary and Martha, who it seems like they're really close friends of Jesus. Maybe yeah. some of his closest outside of the the disciples, mm-hmm. uh, because we do see mention of them uh, a few times. Yeah, and um, and Lazarus has died, and apparently, uh, in, at least in Mary and Martha's mind, he died because Jesus didn't come when he yeah. was immediately told. Like they trusted that Jesus could have done something about it. Um, and then I f- find it curious that uh, that he's angry. You mm-hmm. mentioned those emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of my translations says <clears throat> he was intensely moved. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very interesting. Yeah. So why do you? What are? What were? The, where were those emotions coming from? I mean, I think he was 
truly sad about it because, you know, again, fully human has feelings. Mm. He's not just, you know, some big glowing thing walking around, you know. Um, <laughs> big <I> th- <laughs> glowing robot Super human white robes, halo all the time. Yeah, yeah, you know, know. radiance. We'll get to Revelation one of these days. (laughs) (laughs) One day, one day. There's this uh, amazing image of Jesus. But anyway, go ahead. Um, So I think he's just deeply troubled and deeply sad. I think anger is also one of the manifestations of grief. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also think that it could be anger towards just, man, this is not what... Like Jesus was in, um, in the world and he like saw all the things that Jesus like being angry at the state of the world Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in the sense of like, man, this is not what you were made for. Um, cause he comes bringing a gospel of the kingdom. Like that's, that's, he's like the kingdom of God is here. The, the kingdom of God is totally opposite to the kingdom of the world in which there's brokenness and hurt and pain. And so the manifestation of the kingdom of heaven is Jesus performing he, uh, miracles, like casting demons out, healing people. I think that we would say like the ultimate manifestation of our brokenness is death. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to me, like Jesus being intensely angry or intensely moved by death is just... Um, a sign of like, man, this is just not what you were made for. Yeah. 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 It uh, goes back to Luke nineteen forty one through 44. And he's uh, getting closer to Jerusalem. And it says, and he saw the city ahead and he began to weep. And then it says, and then Jesus says, how I wish today that you, uh, all people would understand the way to peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was getting ready to read that, Kaylin. Meet you. You did. You, you. We were on the same same track. Yeah. Like father, like daughter. As he as he wept over over Jerusalem because yeah. he he wants so much more for them. Yeah. And he wants so much more for us. And Kaylin, as you were describing, they're just really being moved by seeing Jesus in his human form. Mm-hmm. Um, and we may have mentioned this here before, but. Uh, we often think of God, and Colossians 1 says that, that, that Jesus is the image of the invisible God, mm-hmm. but he's also the perfect picture of what it looks like to be human. Yeah. And uh, I, think we, I think we miss that yeah. sometimes. You know, if following Jesus means becoming like him, then we, we can take our cues from mm-hmm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. So he was angry and he was broken and wept over over brokenness, over mm-hmm. death. And so it's okay. It's okay for us to be angry and to be saddened by those kinds of things, right? Yeah. 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 also find very interesting the difference in um, Mary and Martha's response mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. to Jesus. Like Martha runs up to Jesus when he hears that um, he's there and is like, Lord, I know you're the resurrection and the life. And if you, um, you can my brother will be raised at the end of times like everybody will be raised. And yeah. um, to me, I mean, I could just be misreading this, but it almost feels like she's in denial of like the fact that Jesus can't, like Jesus is like, you know, I can raise him. And she's like, I know that I'll, he'll be, yeah, yeah, he'll of course. be in the end, in, in the, the last end. days. Um, and then Mary, when she hears that Jesus has arrived, she runs to him and he sim- she simply says, Lord, if you had been here, like my brother wouldn't have died. Yeah. And then that's the thing that moves Jesus to weep. Like that, mm-hmm. her honesty and her 
brokenness in front of him is the thing that, um, that moves Jesus's heart. And, uh, yeah, I just, I'm like, I'm often the, the Martha figure in the sense of like, I know all the answers, um, and I'm not willing to be honest like Mary. And so I just, that was something that stuck out. In this do, yeah. do you think there's a connection, you know, one of the other major stories with Mary and Martha as where Jesus had visited them mm-hmm. and, um, and Martha was busy about all of the preparations, which, which would have been right and good, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. here you've got a friend got and not only a friend, the but <laughs> the teacher that's stirring all this, like it's a big deal that he is in their home. And so she's preparing all this and making one sure everything is right. And then you have Mary who's sitting at Jesus feet, just mm-hmm. taking in. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if there's a connection between those things. And it's also Mary that anoints his feet and cries and wipes yeah. his mm-hmm. feet with her hair. With her hair. Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder if there's a connection in their response to their brother's death and Jesus tardiness to the yeah. whole situation. Yeah. Um, I wonder if there's a connection there between all of that, you know, that maybe cause Mary's response even seems to be, in the way that Jesus responds to them uh, was the more correct one, maybe? I'm hesitant to say more correct, but it does it does feel, um, in the, this time reading it around, like her honesty is the thing that Jesus desires. Yeah. And, uh, and even a more personal note, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't think um, she couldn't have been honest with Jesus if she hadn't sat at his feet. Mm-hmm. Just a little food for thought. Mm. Always food for thought for me, Eli. <laughs> <laughs> but I also wonder in, in her mind if that was like a, I don't know, some sort of apology in the way that she did run up to Jesus and was like, you should have been here. Like, you should have saved my brother. Like, I wonder if in her mind if she was like that, I don't know, could have seemed rude, rude, which, you know, I don't know if they thought that back in their day or not. But um, if it was some sort of an apology in her mind too as to like, Lord, I'm sorry to ever not have faith in you, mm-hmm. which I mean, she obviously she did have faith because she was like, if you were here four days ago, you would have saved him. Mm-hmm. You know, she, so she did have faith, but maybe it was an apology to like, you will never forsake us. Mm-hmm. No, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Food for thought. <laughs> Food for thought. <laughs> um, Eli, what are some things jumping off? The pace here. Man, I just, my most recent encounters with the stories of Jesus has just been an invitation to, to always be surprised by the character of Jesus because he's doing things that don't fit my categories for him. Mm. Um, I've been, I've been uh, hanging out with some friends on Wednesday nights at my house and we've been talking through Mark a little bit. Yeah, just Jesus is calling the people that I wouldn't call. And he's saying things that um, are not the most popular at the time and even now are pretty scandalous things. He says things that I'm uncomfortable with. This time around in my reading, I've taken the stance of like, what if I just took Jesus at his word? Because mm-hmm. I've I've learned to like explain away everything. Like um, I have the, um, the scholar's mind in the sense of like, let me hold Jesus at arm's length and not allow it to challenge who I am. Hmm. Um, so I've been sitting in that space of like, 
what if I took you at your word? Like, what if I see the things that you say that make me uncomfortable? Like, um, yeah, you should like give the things that you have away and give it to the poor and like follow me because I'm greater than the things that you could store up for yourself on this world. And, uh, yeah, it's been deeply challenging and deeply moving, um, because I've always held Jesus at arm's length and never like actually followed him and adopted, I guess the lifestyle that he would invite mm-hmm. his followers into. So I've just uh, been really surprised by the character of Jesus recently. Yeah. You think sometimes we're more we're more comfortable with the theological concepts mm-hmm. than we are with the way it's lived out. Yes, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, so Jesus is God. Yes, Jesus took our sin and our shame upon him, and he he went to the cross. He he laid himself out there. He he died. He he rose, defeated sin and death. Like I can come around those. Right. Yeah. That's really easy. But he also says, "I love your enemies." Yeah. Yeah. You've heard it said, "Love your neighbor as yourself." But I tell you, you're not really loving unless you love your enemies. Yeah. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> I like you as Savior. I don't like you as Lord. Right. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Um. Yeah, something that's been really interesting to think through, um, and I'm not quite sure how this plays out yet, but um, Jesus only says a few things about money, and it's like, pay your taxes, and uh, he says, give to Caesars the things that are Caesars, mm-hmm. followed by give to God the things that are God, mm-hmm. um, and sell everything you have and give it to the poor and follow me. And it's like, okay, like you're calling for a radical obedience and mm-hmm. even the way that I treat money, and even the way that I view finances and view wealth and um and it's very interesting to think through that as i enter i'm entering like a new stage of life and everything's changing and uh yeah my finances are something that learning to trust the lord with Mm -hmm. for sure not an easy journey oh no Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) yeah there may be something in the journey where we'll find so much more life than we might have known if we hadn't walked through the struggle. Yeah. Guys, I've really enjoyed this time together. In fact, I'm thinking, man, we should really do more of this when we're sitting around the table. (laughs) (laughs) Bet. Let's do it. So the next time we have family dinner, that's going to be the question. Hey, guys, what's jumping off the page to you? <laughs> Great. <laughs> I might have the same answer. I don't know. So, so make sure you're reading <laughs> before Is we Is there going to be a, a test, <laughs> no a quiz test. at the end? Don't, no don't make it a chore. Is there a quizlet just, for this? Just a quizlet. beautiful conversation. <laughs> hey, seriously, though, thanks. Uh, I have enjoyed our time together. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks Thank for you. having us. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, we want to thank the River Community Church for sponsoring this podcast. And if you're in Cookville and looking for a church home, we'd love to invite you to come out and you can check out more about us at theriverCC.com. Thanks and join us next time on The Word This Week.